Jimmy Garoppolo has agreed to stay with the 49ers after months of trade talks in a twist of events. As we wrap up this preseason, you're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright along with CJ Medeiros. So yes, we will touch on Jimmy Garoppolo's deal uh, to restructure with the 49ers. We'll hit on the NFL one, uh, the annual NFL Top 100 being wrapped up. And we'll also hit on some fantasy football. But CJ, how mm-hmm. are you doing on this fine morning? And yes, it is 8 o'clock in the morning where we are recording for you guys. Well, Adam, uh, I'll admit it's a little earlier than we're used to. But, you know, you got to give the people what they want. Exactly. Time constraints as we wrap up this summer. We're both working. We're figuring things out, but we got to get your content out to you guys. Um, But we're going to jump right into it. So Jimmy Garoppolo has agreed to restructure his deal to remain with the 49ers, at least for the first part of this season. And uh, so the, the deal is he's going to be making 15 million. That's total. That's what he can make total. Six and a half million guaranteed. So I believe he's going to be the highest paid backup this year. And yes, yes, he is. And that is going to be, that is actually nothing compared to what he was previously going to be made making. If he was going to stay as a backup, because he was about to make 24.2 million total. I'm not sure about the guarantees, but CJ, what do you think about this turn of events here? Well, let me tell you what it means. Nobody wanted to trade for him. That's the thing. And I heard throughout like the offseason, the Niners had like an asking price of about like at minimum a first round pick. And if you are the person who would say, oh, yeah, I'd trade a first round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. You are not worthy of watching football. Now, it's just I feel like they're still going to trade him. I really do, because if I recall correctly, he's going he was going to make uh, $24 million this season. Now he's going to make $15 million with a manageable, a manageable $6.5 million guaranteed. So like I said, that's a nice tradable contract. And I feel like they're banking on someone's starter going down, maybe a contender's starter going down, so then they can just pawn Jimmy G off on them for a decent price. But I don't know why, but a weird feeling... Of, you know, of mine says that maybe Cleveland should want to look into him because one manageable contract and two, if you start out the season 0 and 3, 0 and 4, like you know, Brissett's just not getting it done, it might be worth a look, especially since Deshaun Watson's going to be out now 11 games and you don't even know if he's going to be football ready when he comes back. He didn't even have that good of a preseason. So a one-year investment in Jimmy G might not be the worst thing, especially for Cleveland, which is where I personally think he's going to end up. Yeah, and looking at the Browns, that's a team that would definitely want to grab him since their current starter is Jacoby Brissett, who I don't hate, but I don't love at the same time. I definitely love Jimmy Garoppolo, like Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit more. Uh, the Seahawks are another team that should that I think should be in on him. Yeah, but it's in the division, though. Yeah, but if you're gonna, that's the team that needs them, and oh, you gotta I, you gotta do what's best for your team, not just you know, 
I mean, the Seahawks are finishing last either way. They're just looking for a, a, a decent starter. And I was also looking at the uh, Atlanta Falcons to be a possible team. They are looking to they are looking to rebuild, so they're they're building for the future. But if they if, dare they try to go in on um, trying to develop Kyle Pitts and uh, Drake London, those young pieces, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the way to go with him. I think Mark, Marcus Mariota and uh, Desmond Ritter are they can help him a little bit. They can help those guys a little bit, but. I think you might need need better pieces there. But either way, so it's obvious that looking at this, they're not going to they're not just going to keep him on the roster for the whole year. This is a restructure because he had 24 mil on the books and if you are looking to trade Jimmy Garoppolo not just for a first round pick, for any any pick in the top 3 rounds, you're not getting that if you if that quarterback is making 24 mil that season. No one can afford that, and no one wants to afford it for a quarterback of this caliber. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo, when he's healthy and he's at his best, I said this off camera, he's probably better than about a third of the entire football NFL. And you can maybe make a, you can maybe make a case for, for half when he's at his absolute best. So looking at that, they really had to make this restructure. Because clearly nobody wanted to take that contract. You can make a case they don't even want to make that con- to take that contract for like a sixth round pick, because it's just that ridiculous. Twenty four mil, twenty four mil he was previously supposed to make. So now you turn that into six and a half million guaranteed, fifteen total. That's like okay, that's quarterback money. It's backup quarterback money, and he is going to be the highest paid uh, backup quarterback in the league but at least it's not by the margin of 24 million. So they really had to do this. They it's they had no choice in or if they really wanted to, to part ways with him. And it looks like they're going to go into the season with him and uh, wait for a wait for a team to get desperate for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's one possibility <clears throat> or now hear me out. Maybe it's just insurance in case Trey Lance doesn't play well. We heard about, you know, the beginning of the preseason, how Lance wasn't, uh, you know, apparently was like behind schedule about where they thought he'd be, especially all of last season. They said he was nowhere near ready when they drafted him. And I've been hearing that he's still a little raw. So maybe if he goes in, doesn't play well, maybe they start out the season like two and five then I would totally think that Jimmy G would be great insurance. Or maybe Trey Lance gets hurt, as running quarterbacks often do. Then I would say Jimmy G is like just an extra year of insurance. Maybe just, you know, as like a safety net, like in case Lance isn't doing too well. Yeah, I mean, it has has looked like the 49ers have been adamant that this is Trey Lance's team. They've said it publicly. They've said it over and over again. This is Trey Lance's team. Even Garoppolo has come out and said, yeah, I'm not the starter anymore. It's it's uh, it's Trey it's Trey Lance, and he has looked a little bit raw, but and I was on the so I was I was on the show with Chris Hitu a few weeks ago. He is the uh, the podcast director for Fans Only Sports Network, and we were talking about Trey Lance. And here's the thing with him: so he's a project who's going into his second year into the league. So players like that going into their second year in the league. They're uh, and going into their first year starting, 
Lamar Jackson, and technically Lamar Jackson started a bunch of games, but he was he was kind of a project. He was kind of just out there. Patrick Mahomes, mm. he didn't start at all last season. I think he got and I think he got one start his rookie year when they just yeah. basically stat, he, they sat their starters. Both of those players in their sophomore seasons won league MVP. And also, reports coming out of training camp and preseason were saying the same thing. They were saying he doesn't look ready. Lamar Jackson's having trouble throwing the football. Patrick Mahomes looks a little inaccurate. And they figured things out. And again, one league MVP. And they both had very good rosters around him. What does Trey Lance have around him? A very good roster. Good offensive line. Good pieces to throw to. Good defenses uh, to go along with it. I'm not, I'm not too, I don't know. Like the more I go into, I look at this off season, the more I like Trey Lance, I, the more I like him. And if we really want to reach two, there was Carson Wentz who went into his second year and he was the league. He was the leading candidate for MVP for a while. Now, again, this, that's to, this is to a lesser extent because we know how Carson Wentz is nowadays, ever since that 2017 campaign, which was his second year. But Again, a player who was a project went into his second year and he, he lit it up. Here's Trey Lance, project, second year. Reports are very unsure about him. Could possibly light it up. I do lo- I'm very I'm very optimistic about Trey Lance. I am. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm just not, but you know, we can obviously like agree to disagree and such. But I will say this. What do I always say on the show? So-and-so has no reason to suck. I And uh, I will say the same thing about Trey Lance. There's no reason not to succeed on that offense. And if you don't, well, you're, you're going to have like your third year. That would hypothetically be your put-up or shut-up year. But, yeah, this is like a good chance to you know, get your feet wet and such. And, uh, yeah, you're taking third overall. It's time to prove your worth. That's right. And one guy has proved proven his worth time and time again. And it showed on NFL's annual top 100, a certain 45-year-old quarterback, a dinosaur, has been named to the NFL's annual top 100. We'll, ta- we'll touch on that next. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumbaruski Podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Fans Only Sports Network. Adam Wright here with CJ Medeiros. And so, Tom Brady, in his eight, going into his age 45 season, has been named number one, the number one player by the NFL's annual top 100. I mean, man, 
it's crazy that at age 45, he's being named the number one guy in all of the league. And this is by, this is by, this isn't by just some biased fan base. And usually the fan base has actually been the most critical on him, right? The Mm -hmm. NFL fans have been the ones who are saying he's a system quarterback. You know, he's, he has these great defenses. He's lucky he had Bill Belichick, product of the system, all that stuff. But the players, the league, the front offices, they've all been saying great things about him. And not only this, I, I wanted it just made me want to bring this up. So the Raiders have been recently rumored from UFC president Dana White. Now take that with what you what you will. Uh, I mean, uh, Rob Gronkowski validated it, but apparently the Raiders were this close to landing Tom Brady in free agency, and uh, John Gruden vetoed it. And there was also the Dolphins, who have been disciplined for illegally talking to him while he was on, on while he was under contract for not only the Patriots when he was forty two, but also for uh, the Buccaneers when he was forty four. So, no shortage of faith around the league in Tom Brady. But, CJ, what do you think of Brady still being up there, highly ranked? What do you think? Uh, Yeah, he was arguably, like, the best player in the league that season. And I, I read a lot of comments on the top one. I was like, oh, my God, this list is wrong. Oh, boo-hoo. Aaron Rodgers was the MVP. Well, I have some news for you, cheeseheads. Aaron Rodgers should not have been MVP. Brady literally led the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns in the age of 44. And Rodgers Packers literally disappeared in the playoffs, losing to a team that didn't even score an offensive touchdown. Now, and I'm not saying Rodgers isn't good, but Brady's just that much better. And furthermore, it's just Brady's just excellent. And for those of you keeping track at home, this is the fourth time. Yes, the fourth time. Since the top 100 was created in 2011, that Brady's been listed number one. And I believe the eighth time that he's been voted in the top three. So for all the fans out there, like that Adam mentioned, you know, criticize, like, oh, he's a system quarterback, yada, yada, yada. You're stupid. You really are. I know it's not the most analytical thing, but you're really stupid. And let me tell you why. All you do is moan and complain and crap all over Tom Brady but 10 bucks says your favorite player respects the living hell out of him. What does that say about you? And it's like, and I love how it's like, oh, the players voted on this list. I disagree with the players. I know more. No, no, you don't. And if you think you do get a lobotomy, just saying. And um, here's some free advice. Tom Brady deserved to be number one, and he is still the best quarterback in the league. And yeah, Rodgers went back-to-back MVPs, and I will die on the hill that he should not have won it last year. And like I said, this is voted on the players, and you don't know what the players know. So yeah, Brady totally deserved it. And to do what he's doing at this age, when other greats like Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, and Peyton Manning basically turned to dust at this point in their careers, is nothing short of insane. Sorry for the vent. That's just my rant of the day. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with most of what you said. Um, and not only, as I, as I mentioned uh, opening this segment, it's not just the players, the front office. They, uh, player, like these player development 
uh, staff. They're all saying they're they're going through they're jumping through hoops to get this guy. So it's not like it's just the players who are like, oh, I respect the hell out of him. He you know, he has a gr- he has a great heart. He fights hard, which is all true. But the analytics are look at, are looking at it that way too. And I just think, I'm sorry. I think passer rating is a little overrated of a statistic. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I, I just think it's a little, it's, it's a problem that people say it's such an important statistic, but how many people actually know how it's calculated? I know it's friggin' weird. It's like out of 158.3, the most random number in the world. It's like, it's so, it's so complicated for how it's comp for how it's calculated for a sport that's fairly simple, you get you throw the ball from point A to point B, and you hope your your O line protects you, and you try not to be too predictable. You run, you you hand the ball off every now and then, and now now there's a lot of different formations you do, but I mean the concept is fairly simple, is it not? Mm-hmm. Get the ball from point A to point B. Get the ball to the end zone. But there's all these analytics to it that has, you know, like I just think. Pass like people use passer rating. They say it's such an important statistic, but they don't know what it is. It's like, how can you know if you don't know how it's if you don't know how it's how it's calculated? Like what you should be looking at is let's say completion percentage. You should be looking at uh passing yards and your touchdown to interception ratio. That's mm-hmm. what you should be looking at. And yeah, there's there. Look at the roster around you. How's the offensive line? How are the how are his targets? And that should be it, isn't it? And then I guess co- yes, coaching. Coaching is is something you want to you want to involve too. But I just think passer rating is something that's gained a little bit too much ground in in recent years. It's become the end all be all. And I'm sorry, but look at just look at the pass the passer rating the all time rankings. Kirk Cousins is ranked eighth. Yeah, and that should tell you something, you know? Kirk Cousins Kirk is Cousins, ranked eighth. Mm-hmm. And Kirk Cousins I'm, should not be top eight in any quarterback statistics. Sorry. And I'm pretty sure Russell Wilson is ranked fifth. And I love Russell Wilson. I do. He's a very good quarterback. But he's not fifth in the entire league. Also, Brett Favre is like 20th. And, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure Joe Montana is like barely – like, I think he's top 15. Is is Joe Montana not top 15 in being a – I don't think so. Yeah, he's no. top three. He's a top three quarterback of all time. And it's like, oh, yeah. well, passer rating says he's top 15. You know, it's analytics. They're ruining sports, man. Let me look at keep, – keep talking. I'm going to look at the – I'm going to look at this. Yeah, okay. So, look, I mean, passer rating in football – now, look, as you know on the show, I'm not much of a baseball guy, but that's kind of like your spin count in baseball. It's stupid, it's needless, and it's overrated. And it's also kind of like efficiency in basketball. Th- what? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, your efficiency numbers are so bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. It's overrated. It, it really is. Am I, am right. I incorrect? Because, like, it, when you just go just by the numbers, like, you can build a team up just solely by analytics and across all sports, it has never worked. A team built solely by analytics has never won a big game. All right. So you ready for this? 
Uh, probably not, but go ahead. Give guess where Dan Marino is ranked in in passer rating all time. I don't know, like eleventh, forty first. What? Yeah, Dan Marino's a top ten quarterback of all time. Exactly. Yeah. See. Guess see where, this, this. Uh, so I thought Brett Favre was twentieth. He's actually forty two. <laughs> no way. Wait, yep. who's number one all time? Who's number one? Yeah. It's Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers is number two. Well, uh, and yeah, Patrick they're Mahomes both good, has a, but but the, you know and, they've only been around for especially Mahomes. He's only been around for so long. And this is according to Pro Football Reference. So I mm-hmm. wish they could go by how long play, teams have been in the league. But I also didn't forgot. I I and so Russell Wilson's now number four. Deshaun Watson's three. Oh boy. Dak Prescott is number six. The most and actually, Kurt Cousins is a step higher. He's actually number seven. Tom Brady's oh eight, God. and Tony Romo's number nine. And I still haven't. I actually haven't even found Joe Montana yet. <laughs> yeah, people. Not, the uh, the only top ten quarterbacks in there are Rodgers and Brady. No one uh, else is in the top ten. Like Joe what? Montana, I, I found him. Joe Montana's eighteenth, and he's behind Derek Carr at seventeen. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. So people that use passering is the end-all, be-all. I, I hope you picked up your ears for this segment because, yeah, Derek Carr – so passer rating would suggest that Derek Carr is better than Joe Montana. I hope you realize how just stupid that is. Exactly. And it, apparently it has Brett Favre not even being a Hall of Famer. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and Dan Marino, I guess, is uh, is in the same boat. 41st in passer rating, but apparently, I mean, good Lord, good Lord. All these guys shaking my head. I just, I just wanted to, I just wanted to touch on that because passer rating is a big argument used by Aaron Rodgers guys. And I I, like, look, I I feel like I single out Rodgers a lot. And I think a lot of it is because of the fans. A lot of his fans are like passer rating, passer rating, passer rating. Completion percentage, completion percentage, completion percentage. I actually haven't. I'd want to look at the season. Regular season. Regular season. That's that's what I say about Rodgers. Exactly, but I mean, looking at. I just wanted to take a look at the passer rating stats because it actually it is actually really skewed. Mm -hmm. It's it's really stupid. Um, all right, but we're gonna move on to our fan box where we're gonna talk some fantasy football. We get into some draft strategies that you guys wanted. Uh, that you guys do we wanted to get a little bit of a little bit of that see what you guys do because it is we are in the heart of fantasy draft season so i want to see what you guys are up to maybe uh maybe take some notes a little at a a little bit but all right we'll get to that next don't go anywhere you're listening to the fumble rooski podcast Touchdown! Unbelievable! 
You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros. So we have reached our fan box. So we post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more, and we will discuss it and give you a shout-out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. So our question of the week was, what is your favorite Dra- uh, draft strategy in fantasy football. So uh, we lead off with Brady Kudo, who said, always take running back first. That, seem- that seems pretty standard, I would say. That's uh, It's a safe way to yeah, go. Yeah. It's, it's the scarcest position in fantasy football, so usually that's what people do. Um, yep. In terms of importance, I would say running back and wide receivers actually fairly even. It's especially nowadays because run, wide receivers are getting more and more involved in their offense, especially the number ones. And they they put up kind of the same numbers at this point. So it, the, the only difference with running back is it's a it's a scarcer position. It's hard to find that bell cow back nowadays. Uh, but Ian, Mul- Ian Mulhern said a guy who gets a good amount of touchdowns and catches. So essentially yeah, the red zone threat. Mm-hmm. The guy who gets a bunch of touchdowns, he's they and they he's labeled touchdown dependent. And I understand why people would be scared away by that, because touchdowns sometimes aren't what you can control, because that's really go come can come down to what who the quarterback wants to throw to. But if you like if you're able to get open that many times in the red zone, that tells me that tells me something. It tells me something. And it's an underrated it's an underrated stat touchdowns touchdown dependent you don't get that many yards mm-hmm. but I guess if you're getting touch if you're getting catches too then you're getting the yards as well and if you're in PPR and he's getting t- he's getting catches then and touchdowns then there you go uh, Derek Hool said draft to win don't draft to lose take some not shots to lose what's that he said don't draft not to lose. Because you know there's a difference. Did I did I say don't draft to lose? Yeah. Yeah. Don't no draft, one drafts to lose. Don't don't draft not to lose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has a good point, especially like if you're playing that safe conservative style of fantasy football. You know, playing not to lose just because you don't want to come in last. That's not fun. Yeah, and the way I look at this uh, this statement is kind of a lot of people like they go so hard on drafting based on their positional need. And they say, oh, I need a running back. I need a wide receiver. When a player who isn't a positional need, but is going to be a fantasy superstar is available to you. Take that player. Take that player. And if that superstar quarterback is around and the wide receiver and running back is, eh, which is, I doubt is going to happen because, you know, I feel like in the first eight rounds, you're going to find a, a wide receiver who's worth it. But yeah, I would say I agree with this. I mean, sometimes you just have to to scrap the positional need and say, I need, I need, a, I'm looking for good fantasy players, taking the best player available. So I do, I do like it. I like it. Uh, Jack Briel said, My strategy is in the early rounds, rotate between wide receiver and running back. So as I mentioned, Running back and wide receiver, the most um, undisputedly the most important positions in fantasy football. 
And especially early on, you want to go running back because after the first few rounds of these drafts, it gets really it, it you you're basically drafting on upside, not based on if the if this guy can play or not. Mm-hmm. And there's some good players who who I can recommend you guys take who are running backs late later in rounds. I know Brees Hall is going really late, and I think that yeah. kid's going to be pretty good. Damian Pierce on the Texans too. Yep. Yep. And I, I'm trying to think of other players. Tony Pollard is a guy who's going really late, who I think is going to be a lot better than people think. And I think he's going to take on a bigger role this year than he did last year. And it, it could turn into a one-two punch. He could take over that backfield. But uh, I don't want to get too off. Uh, Eli Turner said, if it's an early pick, running back, late pick, wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's pretty standard. It means like late in like your first round. Like if you're yeah, picking so. last, like, yeah. You know, your Devontae Adams is your Cooper Cups. That's that's standard, especially like later there. But if you're taking like a wide receiver like Cooper Cups second, I, I'm going to have to give you the funny eyebrow. You know, just got to raise my eyebrow at you. Like, why, why'd you do that? You shouldn't do that. Yeah, and I like Cooper Cup. Just to mention, just, just because you brought him up. I like Cooper Cup. And he had an incredible year. There's no two ways about it. But this is his first year where he was truly elite. He's always been like borderline top 10, more like top 15. This was the really the year where he, he just exploded. He just came out. And uh, I don't know. I think I, I think I believe a little more in Justin Jefferson and uh, Jamar Chase going into this year. Not oh, that yeah. they had better years last year. I just think I they're more reliable to be able to repeat what they've done because they've just been doing it constantly. I know Jamar Chase t- technically he's going into his into his second year, but he's been he's been incredible for uh, even in college and everything. But um, yeah, I but and then like if you go wide receiver, but here's the thing: if you go wide receiver with your first pick, you have to take a running back the next pick. Yeah, You've that's the law. That's that's fantasy law. Especially if it's late at that point. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's say you have the last pick. If you if it's a snake draft, you have the let's say you have the last pick in um the let's say you round. have the last pick in the first round. You take Jamar Chase, you take Justin Jefferson, you take Devontae Adams, then you then you turn around quickly and you take, let's say, if he's available. I don't think Najee will be available. Who's oh, available? He might be. There's there's Nick Chubb. Well, let's go Nick Chubb. Then that's a that's a very solid one-two punch. And then I would say you go running back the next uh, the next round as well with your next pick because that goes quick. Um all right. So Cash Withers said, gotta go with kicker. Well, Safe it pick. is football, isn't it? Yep. Fantasy football. Listen. Five kickers. I know on this my is roster. a joke. I know this this I know this was a joke, but I don't take kicker till the last pick. Maybe second and, to last if like Justin Tucker's on the board or something like that. Nah, second to last I go defense. It, they're they're really listen, you can get away with streaming defenses, you can get away with streaming quarterbacks, you can get away with streaming kickers, you can't get away with streaming running backs and wide receivers. That's you not really can't. Out. Like maybe once in a while you'll get that you'll take that player if you really need it and you'll get some you'll get some production. But if you rely on that, you're gonna you're probably you're probably a bottom you're 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 gonna be a bottom dwelling 
a bottom dwelling team um, mm-hmm. in your league. It's just it's just going to happen. That's the truth. Um, but yeah, uh, honestly, like I'll I'll tell you what I did during my fantasy draft, uh, my recent one. I with my last pick because I have so little respect for the kicker position. I took Cal. I took Colin Kaepernick. Wait, what? I didn't take a kicker. I just took Colin Kaepernick. See now, I now now why would you do that? Eh, I don't know. We were He's like not a even going to play. From, exactly, it's funny. Ah, jeez, you are something else. Yeah, but I'm gonna. I released him, and then I took a kicker later off the waiver wire. Now because you didn't need to. Oh, and I'm pretty sure I got Ryan suck up out of it. So you hurt me not, on a spiritual it's level. It's not that bad. The kicker, the kicker position does not matter that much. Yeah, it really okay. does. Apparently so. Um, Cola DJ said Trace McSorley first pick always. I really thought he was going to be so good. I really did. In the league, well, he's in that song, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know one. what the song is called. I just, I, I just know it's on uh, TikTok yeah. a lot, and I'm not a big TikTok guy. And I'm not going to sing it. You guys aren't going to hear me sing. Screw that. I don't even know what the song is, so haha. No. Go look it up. Like no, Chase, no, Trace McSorley throwing on a dime or some stupid stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. Go in a – take him with the last pick. Take him with the last pick of the draft. Take him with the last pick instead. Uh, Isaac Zonana said, go for a good quarterback, running back, wide receiver trio, and kicker last. Because it really doesn't matter which kicker you get. He went to the Adam Wright school of kicker hatred. It's no. Listen, you know what my, you know what our league, uh, what our what our league is called. Yeah, I do know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Kicker lives do matter. You want to say it or should I? Yeah, they do. Kicker, kicker lives do matter, but um, that's a fact. All right. Um, but yeah, the quarterback, running back, wide receiver trio. Is it like, I, I, so I'm confused as to what he means. So does he mean like just take one from another, from one team, another from another team? And then, or like, I think he just on means the same get team. Like, like, let's say I'm trying to think of a team that has like a good quarterback, a good wide receiver and a good running back. No, no, no. He means like for, if you want a good fantasy, you have like an elite quarterback, running back and wide receiver. Yeah, but there are draft strategies where people look at like teams that have like an elite player at each position, like actual teams, right? Like let's say the Kansas City Chiefs, um, or le- actually uh, sc- scrap that. Um, let's look at the Chargers, right? They have Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen. You go with that offense and you ride and die with it because it's just a well-run offense. Mm, perhaps. It's- I just I, I just hear something that people do that uh, a lot of fantasy owners do that. I've done I it before. I do not like it that works. strategy. I've done it. In 2016, I had Derek Carr, Amari Cooper, Latavius Murray. Worked out pretty well. I finished 10 and 4 that year. Um, and it was a very it was a very underrated trio too. Everybody overlooked my team. But uh Daniel Blaziak said, "Don't take a quarterback or tight end." Early, there's always better value there. Do not take a quarterback first round. If you do, shame. Yeah, 
it's uh yeah <sighs> like you, you yeah not even in the just the first round maybe even in the first six rounds mm, six is usually where i go but you know whatever it name me because it's just such a deep position it's just yeah, so deep kinda. that you can mm-hmm. just you can get you can still get value and as i said during the season you can stream quarterbacks you can't stream running backs and wide receivers. So stack up on those players. And if you're really lacking at the quarterback position when the season gets going, then trade some of your quarter, your running back or wide receiver depth for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, Connor Fallon said take running back, wide receiver, running back, then quarterback, and tight end later. That's so I think solid. He's, I think he's going by round. Running back, yes. wide receiver, running back. Quarterback, tight end. So as I said... Fourth round's a little early for a quarterback, and fifth round's definitely early for a tight end for me. And I know Travis Kelsey exists, but I'm still not a big fan of the the tight end position. It's just you can get you can like you can wait a little bit late and get a get a tight end who can put put up double digit points, and then just go and and in the meantime just go and get all these running backs and wide receivers. I'm, as, as you can tell, I'm very high on those two positions. Um, Secret, Welp, Secret Weapon Consulting said, whatever CJ does, stacked team. Adam, you want me to explain this? Yes. All right. So for some of our listeners who don't know, because I know a lot of them do, in one of my fantasy leagues, I had like this great draft because people were drafting quarterbacks in like the first and second round. So I got a lot of good players. Keep in mind, it's an eight person league and I was drafting seventh and I managed to draft a team of Aaron Rodgers, Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, AJ Brown, Michael Pittman, Mark Andrews, David Montgomery, Daniel Carlson and the Colts defense. Not a bad team. Yeah. Where wait, were you running that that account when you cuz I know you met you you answer with your personal, but was this No, no, your... no, that's not me. That's not me. Okay. Is it your is it your dad? Perhaps. Okay. Um here here's one that had CJ and I giggling a little bit. Uh Zachary Stilson said pick Patrick Mahomes first. And trade him for, uh, trade him to. Yep, yeah, thanks, thanks for the, thanks for the, correction, CJ. Pick Patrick Mahomes first and trade him to a Chiefs fan for an ungodly return. Yeah. Yes. Hey, they love their Mahomes. See, Chiefs fans, and rightfully so, they are over the moon for Patrick Mahomes. They love that guy. He is. He's their Messiah. And mm-hmm. so looking at him, when they draft in fantasy, they're going to have a, a big-time bias towards him. So if, you are, if you're not a Chiefs fan, pick Patrick Mahomes and then say, I want this guy, this guy, and this guy. And chances are they might give it up. Now, I'm sure a lot of Chiefs fans aren't crazy, but I'm sure you could pull something off like this. Yeah. It's not, I... not the worst idea in the world. I'd reckon so. All right. So we got two responses from Nick Normand. The first saying, avoid injury-prone players and draft heavy on running backs. Yeah. So the most injury-prone players are always the running backs. 
And the problem with that is you, it's tough to predict when they become injury prone because they start off their careers and they're really good. And it seems like they can go on forever. You know, we, we have the David, the David Johnson, Johnson's of the world from the 2016 season, right? That was his 16, 17. Yeah. 16, 17 season. There's Christian McCaffrey. There's Todd Gurley, all players who started their careers in, you know, they were healthy. They were, they were, it was smooth sailing. Then they just started getting hurt and they were never the same again. And everybody, they're still getting drafted, but I mean, you know, they're only getting drafted because of their names. Pretty much. Yeah. So it's really, it's really tough to predict. And I love Jonathan Taylor. Uh, excuse me. I love Dalvin cook. I've drafted him plenty of years. But I think he's he's going to be entering one of those years where he's just he's going to be in and out, and he's already been getting hurt a lot. But this is going to be a year where I think it's going to be a disaster for him. Same with Derrick Henry too. Yeah. Um, and here we have uh, Nick Norman again. He said, "Also wait to get a defense on the waiver wire." Yeah, that makes so, sense. So I said, I said, so. I was I was willing to wait to take a kicker off the waiver wire. But like that's a kicker. A defense. I mean, defense is a little bit more important than kicker, is it not? Yeah, slightly. Especially like if it's a good one going against a bad team, it can get you like 20 points. Either way, both positions aren't the most uh aren't the most important. And you could probably get away with it. Again, you can you you can get away with streaming defenses. Uh, Grayson Mortimer said, avoid Christian McCaffrey, Saquon, and Julio. Draft a running back or stellar wide receiver first. Yeah, I agree, especially with Christian McCaffrey. When I was picking in my most recent fantasy draft, he was on the board and I took Austin Eckler instead because you can almost bank on McCaffrey like playing only like six games. Yeah, and th- those will be the best six games you will ever see any running back play. Pretty much, yeah. But- but he that the problem is it's only six games and it's not worth a first round pick. Uh, if he if he falls somehow, maybe draft him. I guess. I mean the 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 upside's still there. Uh, mm-hmm. Saquon is finally falling in drafts. He's been going in the first round or at least close to it pretty much every year, and it's maybe maybe one of the biggest scams in fantasy football. You know, he had a great first year. He was all right his second year, but. Man, he hasn't done anything since. Also, Julio Jones isn't getting drafted. He he I I've done a couple mock drafts. I've done a couple actual drafts so far. Like he's not like he's just not getting drafted. So I don't mm-hmm. think you need to worry about that. Uh Noah Habitler? I think it's Let Habetler. me know about that. Habetler. He so he's going by round, running back, running back, tight end, wide receiver. Unless you so, really love Travis Kelsey, I would not go tight end in the third round. I took mine in like the fourth, I want to say. I yeah, I think that's what he's what he's looking at. Is I I I assume he's a so running back, running back I like, but tight end in the third, wide receiver in the fourth. I mean, there's some good wide receivers in the fourth round. And there's some good receivers that go as far back as like rounds like ten. Like mm-hmm. it's a it's a deep position this year. But that still doesn't underscore it. That still underscores its. It doesn't uh, undersell its importance. I would say. 
Uh, and tight end is just a position. It doesn't have that much depth, but I would still wait to get one. Um, but that's all the res- that's all the responses we got. Pretty good turnout. 15 responses. Yeah. But um, CJ, any other thoughts before we end the show tonight? Do not draft a quarterback in the first round or I will materialize in your house. Just kidding. I'm not going to do that. My name's CJ Medeiros, and I re- I approve this message. Oh yeah. Uh, th- that was that. There's your uh, fantasy PSA from CJ Medeiros. Yes, sir. Um, all right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune into us live Tuesdays at and Thursdays at 7:30 on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Also, be sure to fo- subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week over and out.